just a heads up that the following podcast does contain all the spoilers. Hey kid, do you want to talk about the most famous movies ever? Yeah, which one? Definitely not Lord of the Rings. Those movies are garbage. Yeah. Hi, welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. And we're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. Because that's what we do. Currently, right now, we're doing our Life Day Bonanza. What is the Life Day Bonanza, you ask? Well, in case you didn't catch part one, which you should go back and listen to. It was a good one. Brennan and I continue to discuss every theatrical live-action Star Wars movie in order of when they occur in the timeline, starting with The Phantom Menace and ending with The Rise of Skywalker. So part one was the prequels, The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. For part two here, we are covering A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. We're not watching Rogue One or Solo. Although I would like to discuss those at some point. Yeah, we would, but we had to leave them out just for the sake of... Sanity. Time. (laughs) Time, yeah. This one's getting out a little late because Brennan's band concert got moved around and then we had our four delightful Japanese exchange students come and visit. So that kind of put things off for a little bit, but we're doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't, we didn't have any feedback or anything really from the previous episode. So I think we can just hop right into it. What do you say? All right. Kind of the general topics we'll discuss are like the story, what works, what doesn't work, um, the effects and the design of the effects, like the world building and everything. Um, We'll definitely discuss what our favorite scene or scenes were from each movie. And then... Our favorite part so far has been the Three Lies, One Truth Wikipedia edition, where we come up with something from Wikipedia. One of them is a truth, and then we write three lies, and the other person has to guess which one is the actual truth. Yeah, that'll be at the end of the episode. And it gets pretty bonkers, because, man, all that... All legends is crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely digging deep in the legends because that's where the craziest stuff happens. That's everything that came out in ancillary media that is no longer canon in the Star Wars universe. That being said, not everything that's come out since then that is canon is very good either. Yeah. Yee. Okay. We're going to kick things off here with A New Hope or... I guess just Star Wars for us original trilogy kids, because that's all we knew it as when we were growing up. They didn't add that until later. Okay, Gramps. Oh, back in my day, 
Star Wars was just Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know what we can really say about this movie that hasn't been said. Yeah, I'm kind of on board with you on that one because just about everything works in this. Everything does. And, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole hero's journey and modern mythology because that's already all been said. Yeah. There's so much everything out there discussing this. I mean, even this whole trilogy, to a degree, is just you dongles out there listening to us gush about Star Wars and yeah. the original trilogy. Because it is undeniably a classic. This movie changed everything. And it's completely timeless. I think that's what I was so surprised when I rewatching this, like kind of with really fresh eyes, trying to, you know, watch it almost like it's my first time. You really if 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 it weren't for the the quality of like the cameras and the effects, you really couldn't tell what time this was made in. And all those sideburns and mustaches and okay. greasy yeah. dudes. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like they're it's so timeless. And that was kind of the point, was to make it timeless. It really succeeds at that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that is, is going to the hero's journey and new mythology, but those things work. Yeah. Certain archetypes of characters and everything, that does work. It can still work today, even. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if that's even a thing anymore. Um. But yeah, one thing I think that the original Star Wars or A New Hope does great is the world building. No science fiction movie before this looks like this. No, it really doesn't. I mean, what are the, the, like the two major ones I can think of that came out right before Star Wars? Essentially, it was like 2001 A Space Odyssey, which does look great. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. It, it really does. I mean, it, it does look great. But then you also have, like, Logan's Run, where there's literally a guy with, like, the, the dryer vent arms. <laughs> and the robot on there, it just... And I'm not begging on Logan's Run. I do really enjoy that movie. It doesn't have this. Star Wars really made everything... It built a world that looks lived in. And seems plausible without having to explain everything to you. I don't need to know how, to, how a sand crawler works. All I know is that it just does, and the world makes it look like it does, so I don't care about it. Exactly. Because you don't think about things because they're just there, and it yeah. seems plausible. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. And it just lays everything out. I don't need everything explained why it's there, and that's what helps it just feel like a lived-in world, because, you know, I don't need to know where my neighbor's car came from. I don't care. All I know is it's there, and that just places me in the real world. I really like that about Star Wars, that you can walk into it, and, you know, everything's just there. It never feels like anything was placed there intentionally into the movie. It feels like just a real other world. Well, that is unless you start talking about special edition stuff. It's definitely the, the thing in the corner leering at you the whole time. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, in this day and age, I mean, I suppose I could look at, I could hunt it down, and I could get actual VHS copies of the original theatrical releases of this. If I had a working VCR that wouldn't 
threaten to eat a tape, and I could have yeah. Brennan watch those. It's just not something that's easily done now, and they haven't made these available, and it kind of stinks. And even as of recently, it came out like, you're not getting it. Just deal with it. And I feel that's really unfortunate because it is important to see these movies without the added digital effects to them. That being said, too, though, you do have a degree of you can at least find clips of these segments online or go in the special features and see what they change. You know, at the end of the day, I don't really care, I don't think, because I... I just feel like, I don't know, I know it's good, I know it's better, with in like, not in the special edition, but I feel if the changes that were made in the special edition were released, you know, in 1977, was it? Yeah. Yeah, if, if that was released then, ignoring all the everyone like, hey, what's that weird, because they don't understand CGI, but if, it was just, if that was just released, it would have the same impact. I don't know... It was just annoying changes that didn't really add or detract from anything. And actually, the only thing that I really don't like in the special... I mean, I don't like the special edition, obviously. But the one that always irks me, because it actually does change the pacing of the movie, is the part of uh, Han talking to Jabba outside of the Falcon. Yeah. It, It really... It's like this, like, frantic, oh my god, the Empire, they're chasing us, we gotta get on the ship, we gotta leave, and then it just stops, and we have to stare at Boba Fett, walking weird, and, you know, gross CGI, Jabba, like... <laughs> yeah, that looks terrible, and considering, like, if you get even the the DVD version of it that came out that we own, even that was updated from the actual theatrical release of the special edition because that Jabba was even worse. Yeah. And it still doesn't work. And I feel like a lot of... They they probably... I'm sure there's another explanation, but that... Yeah, exactly what you said. Where that scene just doesn't really work. So why have it in there? You can just cut it out. I feel like it was there so that Jabba would be there and everyone would go, Hey, there's Jabba. And also so that Boba Fett could be there, so people could go, oh, hey, Boba Fett's here, like you'd forget almost. I'd like to think that Boba Fett's just, he's just going around and he's just collecting bounties. Why is he just hanging out with Jabba? I don't know. I think that's just weird. It was just added just to, for like fan service. Yeah, and shoehorning those things in doesn't add to anything. That's part of the problem. Or a lot of these grievances, too, are like most icely spaceport itself because there's too many things floating right up to the camera and everything that just didn't happen in 1977. They didn't do those type of things. So it stands out and it makes it feel weird. It's like you can have a special edition, but just don't shove it in my face. Exactly. I don't need something walking in front of the camera, blocking the entire view with just a weird green CGI mass. (laughs) I don't need that. I don't need dumb droids flying up to the camera. I just want to watch the movie. You can make it look better, fine, but just keep it, I don't know, keep it relatively the same. Yeah. You can make Mos Eisley more lively, ships taking off, weird people in the background. I don't care, but just don't shove it in my face. Exactly. And that's that's part of my biggest problem with that. You want stormtroopers on those like do-backs and stuff in the background? That's not too bad. 
but it's in the background Mm -hmm. and it's not getting in your face and that's fine the more subtle it is the better the changes are and we'll we'll discover that through each movie here Mm -hmm. in this original trilogy because i guess it's the special editions that we're covering but it's kind of garbage i didn't even really care for those changes back in the day either it didn't really it, it it felt wrong but there are certain things in this like there's the um when they go to battle the death star and you have the squadron of x-wings mm-hmm. i mean yeah those effects look dated for cg but it doesn't look bad no it doesn't really take away from the movie it I just really kind don't of care. sets it up a little bit yeah. a little more establishes what's happening a little the bit setting, more yeah and it's fine yeah things like that that's okay but yeah when those droids are just bloop, 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 i'm floating up or they're doing something wacky and kooky you know those asp droids like smacking the little floaty droid and stuff that's unnecessary yeah why, why even have that in there it's just distracting exactly are we done are we done complaining about that yeah <laughs> Yeah, and one thing that this movie does too is that there's good humor peppered throughout, which is nice. Han Solo is my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got some great lines in there, like um, something about like you'll find yourself floating home. Yeah, <laughs> when he says that to Luke. Yeah, because Luke's totally whiny in this, and I think a lot of people forget about that. Yeah, Luke's a total brat. They they complain about Anakin all the time, like Anakin's so whiny. Luke's totally whiny okay, in this it's one. Different. He's, he's, it's different. It's different, yes. But Luke's pretty annoying. But, but Luke's likable. He's the, the everyday man. He's just a boy wanting to leave his planet. He has a lot of the same goals that most people do, like, you know, wanting to leave their town, wanting to become something greater, and stuff like that. Whereas Anakin, Anakin's totally unrelatable, so his annoyingness, him being annoying is just annoying. Yeah. Versus... Luke, okay. who, you know, you can at least relate to, and he's an he's annoying and he's kind of a brat, but he's also got he's got that spunk, he's got that rebellious nature to him. Yeah, if you're living in a small town right now, Dongles, and you're young and you're like, man, this place just isn't for me. Move somewhere better. I highly recommend it's it. It's just that easy. It's not just that easy. Yeah, but aspire to be something greater than your surroundings. I think that's kind of the heart of what's going on with Luke, is he's meant for greater things. So get out there. Don't, don't feel obligated to stick around in Moisture Farm for another season, because another season's probably going to turn into three or four or five more seasons. Next thing you know, you're just there forever, and you've got something in your heart where you want to be out there amongst the star. Uh... You know, one thing I noticed about this movie, especially once um, you get into, like, Return of the Jedi, and it's kind of unfair to, like, go back, and I know it was probably a budgetary thing, but I feel the Rebellion needed more aliens. You you have a whole bunch that you could have reused from the cantina or whatever. Throw your wolfmans or your, what are they, the Bith? The little guys playing the music and stuff? Yeah, they're Bith. Throw one of those masks on somebody in the background. I don't care. I don't know. Because I know that the Rebellion has more aliens in it, so... It could have just been the squad at the time, but yeah. 
I, that's probably the one thing I think I would add to make it a better movie. And it wouldn't really make a difference. One thing I'll say, too, uh, this kind of refers maybe to Star Wars in general, is I don't understand necessarily where Star Wars is just for nerds and dorks came out, because this movie blew everyone's mind. It was crazy popular. Star Wars has always been popular in just general. Like, the movies always do well. You're always finding merchandise everywhere. Even people who aren't really into Star Wars probably have gotten a Star Wars shirt at some point in time. Yeah. But I feel like, so, okay, maybe us nerds and dorks, we just love the details and we get into more extra stuff. But I still don't understand. Like, growing up, it wasn't a big deal until after the trilogy was over. And then it became like, wow, you're into Star Wars, you're a nerd. No, everybody watched these movies. Everybody did. I saw an interesting review by, um, it was either Bert or Ernie. <laughs> either one of those. Which <laughs> one's the, the one with the glasses? Neither one, Bert and Ernie don't wear glasses. They don't? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the guys that do the movie reviews. The two guys, they always Siskel did. and Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> I am dead. I am dead. <laughs> I get where you were going. Yeah, <laughs> like Bert Ebert. Okay. Okay. Whichever one has glasses. Yeah, that would that would be Roger Ebert. R.I.P. Okay. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, he had this interesting review when the movie first came out, and he was just like, this movie is like such a just different experience. Like, it's, it ropes you in from the first second and keeps you going the entire way through. And I think it's, I also find it interesting how A New Hope is even structured, how we, we don't even see our main character, Luke, until like 10 minutes in, 10 or 15 minutes in. We finally meet Luke. And then we go with Luke the rest of the time. But, like, it really starts with the droids. It's just weird how we pick up all of our main characters on the way there. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the, the, you know, the last, like, half of the movie where it's, where it's all of our crew together. You don't really see, I don't know, I feel like movies these days, it's just kind of, the you never really have that switch in perspective. Because perspective was first on the droids, and then it was put on Luke. I just think that's really ambitious for that if for it to be structured that way. Well, I also feel too though, with that in mind, that the droids really help. They're they're likable. Mm-hmm. They're like R two D two is cute. Yeah, C three PO. Yeah, sure, maybe a little prissy or whatever, but you get them. You get their their dynamic together, and so it warms you up to the idea of like where are they going? What are they doing? So you kind of. Yeah, you do kind of follow them, and that is your they they are your your through for the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. Because even if you don't really know them, you're at least invested enough because you've you've seen Darth Vader, and Darth Vader just instantly is like bad. Mm-hmm. Just looking at him, you know he's bad. <laughs> I remember like one funny thing because my grandma actually liked to watch these movies. 
one thing she pointed out is like how the stormtroopers when they first board the Tantive Tantive V4 Tantive V whatever <laughs> when they first board the ship she thought it was funny that all the stormtroopers had full armor on and then all the rebels just had those like goofy helmets mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was just like why don't those guys have armor too <laughs> you know it was just kind of like a fun grandma observation of but i feel like that was also like you can see the faces of the rebels you can't see the faces of the stormtroopers or darth vader so they're not human to you you can't relate to them mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the whole thing throughout this i mean kids movies nowadays don't necessarily just you can't go around shooting people they always like even even in the prequels it's kind of like, well, they're fighting robots. And in this one, yeah, they are fighting people, but they're faceless people. They're faceless enemies. So you can just go ahead, blow away as many stormtroopers as you want. We all know that they're bad. You can't see their face, you know, like their wallets not spilling out with their family photos or anything. I'm making conversation here, Brennan. <laughs> I know, but like, I just, I agree with it all. So I just kind of like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> That's what's kind of hard about talking about these movies is that, again, there's really just everything has been said. Yeah, so this one's pretty hard, I guess. I mean, the odds of one of our listeners out there not having seen Star Wars. So we're pretty limited on what we can say about this. Yeah, it's just such a perfect movie. I really can't think of anything I don't like. Yeah, there's not really anything. Thinking really hard. There's nothing that I'm like. It's just so classic. It's so like the world building is so fantastic that by the end of the movie you're just like blown away it ropes you in you buy into it yeah you're just like yeah okay we're on board let's go this is what happens you can't overthink it you can't add too much logic to it it's is it is it sci-fi is it fantasy fantasy. is it somewhere in between yeah okay when i was a kid i was like hardcore like this is science fiction it's not fantasy but the older i've gotten i'm like Wait a second, you totally have wizards and magic basically yeah. going on. I don't know, effects and design, we pretty much covered all of that. Yeah, the music, and the music in this movie is great. So good. It's ripe. It's so good. Everything, every musical score in this is good. Right, and at a time when a lot of musical scores were starting to skew more towards synthesizer and everything just because it was easier, this movie was like, we're doing it. We're having an orchestra. It's going to be composed. It's going to be great. And it works so well. The music is a character for these movies. John Williams just brings it every time. Every time. Yeah. I also really like how this movie, you can tell that every penny that was put into it was put on screen somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was used. I saw this thing that was like Luke's jeans or like his pants in the movie. Or just jeans dyed white. They were just just to save on costs. But like now, I hate to bring up the new movies because we're going to get to that. And this goes for the prequels too. You know, you got a design team. You got like a dozen people. And they, they all, they're all just working on, you know, Anakin's pants. And then they, they buy all these materials. And then they spend super long. And they sew it. And they perfectly tailor it to Hayden Christensen's legs. And then, you know, versus just, well, dye these pants. and. There we go. 
Yeah, it, this movie is really just a celebration of imagination and working on a limited budget. I mean, they were buying model kits and kit bashing and yeah, and y- even um, if you watch a movie uh, like Star Crash that was very inspired by Star Wars, where they did a lot of kit bashing, they were literally just gluing everything together into a shape. And you can't really tell in Star Wars. And that's the thing. It's like the right creative people got together at the right time and were able to make something that's never been seen before and create all this stuff out of junk. And that is, it's, it's so wonderful. It also helps like the lived in universe nothing's really clean everything's you can tell everything's just put together it almost feels like everything's put like the millennium falcon just looks like it's a scrap heap it it just looks like it's jumbled together but it still is like a very well uniformed design we could go on about and just gush about this forever but i think we should wrap this one up do you have any favorite scenes i think it would have to be uh han solo talking to the person like the it would be the officer over the mic when they break into the detention block. Yeah. It's just really funny. It's super well written. It's super well acted. It All of it's great. I think that might be my favorite scene. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Where he's just making an excuse. Yeah. The reactor leak and yeah. everything. I mean, I, I have a couple. I love the Luxor droids. Where the... The stormtroopers are checking out the escape pod that R2-D2 and C-3PO escaped in. And there's stuff going on, and that guy just pops up holding some type of ring. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, look, sir, droids. But then it hangs on him. Yeah. Just a, like a second too long. And there's something about that. I just love it. I also love um, in the cantina, like the confrontation where the guys threaten Luke. Mm-hmm. I love that part. I think that part is so cool. Really has like this Western feel to it. And just how Obi-Wan just cuts that dude's arm off and is just like, he tries to defuse it at first and then they just don't listen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That part is just super cool. And I mean, I guess we can, I don't want to say we can all agree, but I think it's pretty agreeable that the trench run is pretty awesome. Yeah, the effects are outstanding. Just mind-blowing for its day. Mm -hmm. So next up, The Empire Strikes Back. I mean, is this the best sequel ever, or what? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think there's ever been a sequel like this. Most sequels just tend to rehash whatever happened in the first one, Mm -hmm. and just amp up the action. This does not. This just continues to world-build on a crazy level not seen before it's basically the same kind kind of craftsmanship that went into the first one only like oh now we have money yeah but we're still maintaining that level of craftsmanship like okay we can just try new crazy things and it's so good yeah they never they're never lazy with anything no the money just made them work harder yeah i bet you oh i can't imagine they must have just busted their bones on a lot of this stuff Mm. The problem solving and the everything else. Like, how do we get these walkers to move? And they just figured it out. Yeah. They had a limited tech, limited supplies, 
and just made it happen. It's great. Why else do you think that this would be the best sequel ever? I think it's because it takes what the the characters that we've known in A New Hope and it just fleshes them out even, you know, and it and it doesn't make them perfect people like Han Solo is just trying to leave right away. He's still facing the same issue that he did at the end of A New Hope where he just wanted to leave and didn't want to stay with the rebellion. He's just kind of wanting to leave and I I really enjoy that and how by the end of the movie he's finally set in actually wanting to be in the rebellion. I like <laughs> well, he's definitely set. Set in carbonite. He's not going anywhere unless somebody pushes him. I like Luke. I like Luke um still not like he's kind of doesn't want to be he wants to be a Jedi, but he doesn't want to put in the work because he's still that Tatooine boy who is just really impatient. He just wants yeah. to help his friends and he can't commit the time to become a a true Jedi. I I really like that aspect. Like I could go on. All the characters are like that. All the characters just, you know, it might not even have followed the same arc that you think. Like maybe you know you might think, oh, Han Solo now he's part of the rebellion. You know, he's gonna help. He's gonna be super like fun. He's gonna help out. But in this, he's mean. He he wants to leave, and then slowly over the movie, right? It's in his nature to just be that way. He can't just instantly change and be like, well, hey, now we're all swashbuckling heroes together, pals. Yeah, he still wants to just kind of do what he does because that's what's easiest yeah that's what he knows it's harder for him to like luke put in the effort to become better mm-hmm. and also the while the movie isn't filled with action and never slows down there's always even when it's cutting between something that might be you know not action-packed like luke training on on um dagobah it cuts back to you know Han and the crew, and they're out running the Empire. Basically, they're on the run from the Empire the entire movie. Yeah, this movie gets right to business when they're on Hoth, mm-hmm. and I I don't feel that it really lets up. There's moments where, you know, like Dagobah or Cloud City, where, yeah, you have a little bit more time to breathe, but it's just setting everything else up. It's just more like, you know, either it's a character advancing, or it's other the other characters getting in the more trouble, whether they realize it or not. You know, just when they think like, oh, we can take a breather, there's something going on. Yeah, I feel like the the plot train moves really fast, but during those slow scenes, it isn't stopped. It's just slowing down. Yeah, it's, it's just still slowing moving. Down, giving you a moment to breathe. Yeah, it's still moving forward. It's, it is the, there's, it's not like there's always nothing happening. It, there's something happening always. It's still moving forward. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I do like about this is um, it's still at a point, despite being a bigger budget movie and whatever, where you still have some like stiff bit rolls in the background and stuff. And I feel that it's always added to its charm of you're not getting some famous actor to just play a background character. This is just like some guy who's just like, I don't know, I'm here. I don't really know how to act. But it adds, like, almost a level of realism for me. Like, there's that one guy who's, like, uh, during the invasion of Hoth, he's like, oh, you know, like, all these fighters against a Star Destroyer? And he's just, like, terrible at acting. But also, like, he's just a normal guy. He's not supposed to be interesting. And get it out there. Get the line done. We got Grand Adventure. Nobody's ever going to notice this one goofy guy Mm -hmm. 
But even like all those guys, like when they're in the trench and everything, you know, and they're like charging forward and all that. That's great. That's good stuff. I also do actually like the special edition changes. I don't think there's a single special edition change that I would really disagree with in this. Do you like the Wampa update? I feel like it doesn't quite visually. It seems like it's too new, but I do like it. I don't mind it. I think it's fine. I like, I just, I like the changes to Cloud City, how they added way more windows and oh, everything way more so open. Oh, good. Yeah. That's, so good. That's good. Um, other than that, like, what are the real big changes? Oh, they made Luke not scream while he's falling in Cloud City. Remember that? He's yelling. Oh, see, I'm really confused on that, and I should have looked it up, because I think that was added, and then it was removed. Oh, was it actually added in a special I think it was edition? added, and then it was removed, because I don't really remember him yelling. Like, that's a weird yell. Yeah. It just didn't sound like Mark Hamill. I mean, it could have been. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Please don't write in. But yeah, I just really, uh, I don't know, all the special edition changes are just good. Yeah. I I agree with you on this one because they're subtle. Mm. They don't nothing's flying at the camera or anything like that. It's just windows for the most part. Windows and sunlight coming in. And it's great. It looks really good. I can't really think of anything else that they might have added cuz even if they did, good on them cuz I didn't really notice it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what the special edition should have been. I think The Empire Strikes Back is a great example of what the special edition should have been. Totally. Because you're not mucking with that storyline. You're not... Well, I think it's also because they're kind of scared to touch it because everyone knew that that was the perfect sequel and George Lucas didn't have as much control over The Empire Strikes Back as he did Return of the Jedi. So I also feel like to a degree George Lucas doesn't want to stick his his little sausage fingers into... The Empire Strikes Back, you know. Dip, dip his neck gobbler into the pudding. Yeah, because it isn't fully his project. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about how, like, the awkward kiss doesn't age well. Mostly, like, you can thank Return of the Jedi for that one, but we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, Dagobah is super cool. Yeah. Um, The failure at the cave. I love that sequence. It's yeah. Spooky. It's dark. There's a lot of things. I mean, at the time, like first watching it, it was wait a second. So he cuts off Darth Vader's head. And you you could kind of tell it was a vision, like even as a little kid. Like I yeah. knew it wasn't like actually happening. Yeah. But then the for the mask to blast open and it's Luke's face in there, it was like ominous. It wasn't, like, completely spelled out. Granted, yeah, you kind of figure it out at the end of this movie is that, in a way, they are similar. And Luke, you know, being Darth Vader's son. And if Luke were to use the the Force and, like, his power to kill, like he did kill Darth Vader in that cave, he would have just become the one thing he sought to destroy, which was Darth Vader. Yes. I thought, yeah. I think so. I think that's that's very very that's, good. I like your point of view on that. Yeah, I, I guess I agree with it. I never really thought of it that way. That's how I always thought of it. I never oh. really saw it as. I always saw it as like that's what he would become. That isn't necessarily like. Yeah, you could also tie it to like who his father is, but I always saw that as like because at the time he had that turmoil of wanting to leave 
and he just wanted to leave Dagobah and go help his friends. So I think the point of the cave was to show him that down the wrong path, he'll become his father. Wow, that's really good, Brennan. I like that. I mean, I guess I thought of that more. We'll, maybe we'll get to that if we even remember at that point. Yeah, that, that final duel is fantastic. Oh, I love the lighting in it, too. The, the lighting, so the choreography, good. the writing, the everything. And it goes on for a while, too. Yeah, it's a long fight. Yeah, and the fact that Darth Vader just starts chucking stuff at Luke. Yeah. Because he has to figure, I mean, yeah, you saw Luke earlier in the movie levitate some stuff and Yoda pulled the X-Wing up. You never really thought about, like, grabbing random items and pulling them off the wall and throwing them at somebody. Yeah. I mean, this is all new force power territory. Mm-hmm. Every new, every new Star Wars movie introduces a new force power to it. For better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> For better or worse. But yeah, that, that whole sequence is so good. I mean, I even like, I, having watched it again, like I couldn't quite determine, does Luke just fall into the carbon freezing chamber? Yeah, I think he pushes himself. Or, or does Darth Vader just kind of push him in? I don't think Darth Vader did anything. I think Darth Vader thought that he had died. Because he also tells the Emperor and like admits defeat. Because he could have just said that Luke got away. But... Well, I'm saying, like, when Luke actually goes into the carbon freezing chamber and jumps out, right? Oh! So, like, does Darth Vader kind of nudge him in? Because he's just, like, all too easy. Luke... Or did Luke just kind of, like, stumble into the... I think he stumbled in. It was kind of weird, because I was just trying to look at it through fresh eyes. No, I think he stumbled in, because he was pushing him back slowly and slowly yeah. more towards. And I feel like if they wanted to be a nudge or, like, a force push, they would have had a shot of, like, his hand or something. But even Luke blasting up and jumping out of there, yeah, like, launching out of there, like, that was something new. And that was pretty spectacular of, like, whoa. Like, you can just, like... Jump high? Jump high like that now? Like, that's crazy. So it really kind of expands on what a Jedi can do in a lot of different ways, or really, even just a Force user. So that's pretty interesting. And I, I, I really like that. Anything else about the... The duel that you like? Don't like? I think don't it's like. There's <laughs> nothing I don't like. <laughs> Getting the hand cut off, that was pretty bananas. Yeah. Um, well, I guess like the whole no, I am your father Yeah. reveal, that was pretty bonkers in the theater. Yeah, I bet. That was super bonkers. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could go back in time and watch people's reaction to that. It was mind-blowing yeah and just how this movie ends too where it doesn't really resolve anything no it's just like our heroes are not really in a good spot here yeah that in itself is you didn't really feel the time go by in that movie and when it gets to that point it, i remember thinking wait this is how it's gonna end it's not gonna like wrap up in a neat little bow this is it like, I never really watched a movie that did that as a kid or anything, so it was really crazy. 10 out of 10, best sequel ever made. <laughs> um, yeah, humor again in this one is yeah, really good. Yeah, Han Solo's great in this, too. Everyone's great in this. Everybody is, yeah. Everyone. I, th I think one, in, one part of unintentional humor in this, and I can see it in your eyes oh, right now. Oh, not this. Oh. If anybody out there can confirm or deny whether this was in the original theatrical cut, 
when at Cloud City, when Luke falls onto that uh, antenna, and then he's trying to climb back up, and he falls and lands on his nuts. This time I heard, there's like a squishy splat noise. I did not hear it at all. Let me, let me say it right now. Hear this? I did not hear it at all. It just sounded like an antenna. It just sounded like someone landing on an antenna. There's definitely a noise that's like... I don't hear it at all. I, I listened, I even leaned in and I listened closely, and I did not hear it. I totally hear it. There's like a squishy splat noise. Okay, I think that's just you wanting to have a squishy splat noise. I don't for want it in there. I house. don't want it in there. It's, yeah, well, it's distracting it's for me. Good, but it's not there. <laughs> uh, this used to, you know what, this used to be at one point in time, um, when I was around your age, this was my least favorite of the original trilogy. Wow, you're really stupid back then. <laughs> I was a dumb, cynical teenager. I was watching it at a friend's house, and I just remember thinking, like, I, I hate this movie. It's so boring and dumb. I hate it. Oh, I thought it was too cool for school. Boy, have I come around, though, because this is by far the now best. Now you're just back to splat noises and people landing on their nuts. Hey, if that's the only thing I can complain about this. I mean, is this movie perfect? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I think it might be. I don't really know what to compare it to, because for something to be perfect, you need something perfect to compare it to. I mean, it's it's great. Like, all the effects and everything in this are, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's a crazy new things, and still is that lived-in world, but yet Cloud City's all fancy and new and shiny, and, you know, stormtroopers are shooting at them on Cloud City, but there's, like, a blaster mark on the wall that's on fire, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I also really like the part where uh, they get brought to the dinner table with Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. So cool. Just how Han Solo immediately just shoots him. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, he totally makes the correct decision there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot at Darth Vader. Yeah. Damn near perfect movie. You have anything else you want to? Nope. I mean, yeah. So good. Uh, favorite scene? Um, I really like the scene where Yoda talks about the Force. Okay. I think it's really cool. It's also really well written, and it makes it very mysterious and mystical. Super good. I love that part. Um, I really like, um, well, the duel at Cloud City. Yeah, I think that goes without saying. It's on my list, but yeah. Yeah. That part's super good. There's almost too many. I feel like there's just, even like the slower parts I really enjoy. But yeah, I think that probably be my top parts i think my favorite part is when uh the interaction between chewbacca and the busted up c-3po oh yeah because there's a genuine remorse from chewbacca over c-3po being all broken up Mm -hmm. like he i think genuinely cares about him yeah and he works hard to fix him and even when c-3po is being c-3po about it chewbacca like i'm throwing you in a net and I'm carrying you around on my back. And that's great. I love it. I always wanted that action figure as a kid. You can get the C-3PO in the net and just stick him on Chewbacca. I thought that was so cool. And I even took like my original like C-3PO. And I was like, well, I can just pop these limbs off. Because <laughs> that's all it was. Yeah. But I was like, oh yeah, I can pop these off. Because just like in The Empire Strikes Back. And I probably just totally wrecked my... C-3PO. 
I think it'd be worth like decent money now. Could, uh, yeah, like you'd sell it. I could uh, pay for your school lunch for a week. Okay, that was dumb. Anyways, anything else you'd like to throw in before we move on to the next? It's really good. I think the only, I think the only sequel that comes close to being this good would probably, probably be um, Elvin and Chipmunks Two: The Squeakquel. Get out of my house. Go. Leave, Brennan. I'm doing this on my own from now on because you cannot bring up the oh, sequel. Because I, I, I just spit facts. Is that what you're scared <laughs> of? The truth? Hey, I took you to see that movie. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had in a movie. <laughs> I'm obviously kidding. I know you are. <laughs> but I'm not kidding. That, that movie was terrible. Well, let's take a break, and we'll listen to a promo from another podcast. Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. Well, we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We love to watch the movies you hate. Return of the Jedi. This movie is the worst of the trilogy and agree. it has bountiful flaws. Is it bad? No. 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 It's good. But off the heels of the Empire Strikes Back and we get to this. Yeah, and going through and I and I have baggage with this movie, but I did make a commitment to look at this on the merits of the movie itself and look at it fresh. I think I probably came up with more that I have an issue with in this movie than I previously did, which says a lot. Yeah, I've always had an issue with this movie, and every time I watch it, I kind of get something new. Yeah, back when I was a cynical teenager, hating on The Empire Strikes Back, I thought this movie was better. Boy, has time changed me? I, I think this movie, it just... It brings in great things. Sure, yeah, it does. But I just feel like overall, the story is just kind of... It's a little meh. It's a little disappointing for the end of the trilogy. I mean, do we really need another Death Star? I mean... that I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about, like, do we really need to be on Tatooine for, like, 30 minutes? Why does a quarter of the movie have to take place on Tatooine? I'm not going to necessarily disagree with you on that, but... One way to also like a counterpoint to that, I, I get what you're saying there. My counterpoint to that is they were already just, they were just doing this thing. They were going to save Han. 
Yeah. Brandon, the plan's wonky. It's super bonkers. No, but that, that's the thing. You can save Han. That's fine. I just don't want to spend a quarter of the last movie in this trilogy on the place that just looks like sand. If they could have made it shorter, yeah. they could have made it a more interesting location. They could have done a lot of things. They didn't. You have don't to find make Jabba's palace interesting as a location? It's interesting. Sure, yeah, it's interesting. I I would miss it if it was gone. But do I think that we had to be there for so long with such a convoluted plan that made no sense? No. Huh. Okay. Um, I just feel this is something they were doing. And then the rest of the movie starts to happen. Like, they would have just been doing this. And let's say there wasn't all this other stuff, the second Death Star. They would just go back to, like, I don't know, eating sandwiches on the Falcon. It, it feels like a side story. And then you get the rest of the story. That's how I look at it. That, and that's fine, too. It just, it, it's too long. And the plan is too convoluted. It is very convoluted. It's so, it doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. So you're telling me that we're going to sneak everybody in individually and they don't really do anything and then it all just ends with them all luckily being in the same place and then surviving the barge explosion. Like, you know, it's just... Yeah. While it's cool, you get the Rancor and you get the Sarlacc pit. That's cool. I enjoy that. But it really should have been trimmed down. This is also where all the major grievances for the special edition happen. Mm-hmm. This is like high crimes happening here in this movie with the special edition this is so terrible even just starting off with the sarlacc pit the beak really i don't get what wasn't menacing about a pit full of teeth and tentacles yeah that's cool i enough. don't get why it needed a beak that I, came I get out. why they added more tentacles that's fine yeah that's that's all right fine all right. they're moving around more yeah that's fine but like the beak coming out give me a break and it looks terrible yeah it does not age well i like how the beak has like fourth been ignored in anything else canon including a sarlacc pit <laughs> it rarely has the beak really yeah like even for example in the battlefront 2 felucia map you can find the sarlacc pit in the back of the map oh really a sarlacc pit yeah it's like chilling in water it's like underwater really cool no beak it's Good. just chilling pit of teeth yeah because that's scary that's scary you because- know what you can't identify it. Yeah. What is it? I don't know. I jumped into it. I died instantly. <laughs> you were slowly digested over a thousand years. Imagine, you just have to sit through the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it probably only takes you anywhere from like a couple minutes to like a few days to actually die. Unless it has like some weird enzyme that it secretes into you and uh, keeps who you knows? alive for it a thousand years. You know what? It doesn't matter. That would be terrifying. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The whole thing, it's scary. It doesn't need to be. The band, Max Rebo's band, this whole Jedi rock song. Yeah. Kick it out the door. I don't want it. And it's not me being like, don't mess with my Star Wars. It it sucks. It's terrible. Everything's that little Yuzum guy is getting in the screen, like right up to your face and everything. That's how I should have done my facts on. Oh. Oh, man. I was kind of hoping you would, actually. Whoa. I was kind of hoping you That's all right. I got some good ones. I got some good ones. Okay, good. Um, Yeah, all of that is just really bad. It's not necessary. Adding the extra bit with um the the Twilight Girl, the dancer, mm-hmm. all that was great. You can't even tell. Yeah. Like, they did a great she job. She just looks the same. She looks the same. Mm-hmm. Fits in the same costume, whatever. I bet you some people don't even realize yeah. that she filmed additional stuff years later. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that there was nothing wrong with the original song either. It was fun. It was weird. Yeah. I don't know if they were just like, well, it sounds like two disco, but that was like, it would make it sound even more alien now. I like that song. It even had, the original one had a video on MTV. Yeah. That was cool. I would just sit and watch MTV, hoping it would come on. Be like, I don't know, maybe, maybe this will come on. Maybe like, I don't know, Riller was out at the time. I don't know, whatever I was into. Is a Weird Al video going to come on? <laughs> but yeah, the, some of the worst. No, it is the worst special edition tacked on stuff. I, and I also feel maybe the moving past like special edition more into the story. I feel like even if there were to be, you can have the Tatooine stuff. Even if you keep that, then I don't like how we go to Endor and then talk to teddy bears for the <laughs> other like third of the movie. I also felt like that was, was it cool? Do I like Ewoks? Yeah, Ewoks are fine. They're, they're all right. I would have much rather them have been Wookiees like it was originally planned and for the thing for it all to happen on Kashyyyk. That would be cool. Whoa, it would have been so cool. Whatever. I'm even moving past the fact that they're teddy bears. I'm just saying from a storytelling perspective, for this to be our final climactic end to the most historic trilogy in all of film, you go from big Death Star running around inside the Death Star, you trench run, it blows up to city in the clouds, this massive battle, these giant walkers on the snow planet, to we're on Tatooine again. <laughs> now we're going on to a forest and we're going to talk teddy bears. <laughs> you see what I mean? When I first watched this, I mean, I was really in the Java's Palace. I call that. I really yeah. dug that. Yeah. Um, I dug Endor simply because living in Wisconsin. Got woods. You got woods everywhere. We can all all play Star Wars yeah, together. Grab a speeder bike toy. Whatever. You know, yeah. throw, it, throw it at a tree. Or just running around like, I'm this character. That's all you needed yeah. to do. You didn't throw an Ewok a, at a tree. You didn't need a gun or anything. Yeah. Throw an Ewok at a tree. <laughs> you made me forget what I was trying to say. <laughs> Because all I could think of was just throwing Ewoks. Um, I was never really into like the Ewoks that much the first time I watched it. But I remember adults were the ones who were Ewok crazy when I was a kid. They were like, how about those teddy bears? And my mom's friends would just come over to the house and they would be talking about it. And I was like, that wasn't even the coolest part of this movie. <laughs> Why are you focused on these little furry guys in the woods like that's the least interesting part of the movie i think anyway i'm still yeah on that. i think it's boring at least java's palace looks cool and it has interesting characters even if it makes no sense those ewoks were gonna eat the people they're gonna eat our heroes okay and then they just become boring plot teddy bears <laughs> oh yeah oh uh, the one line you didn't hear it when we watched it together but there's two ewoks at one point and one says, me likewise, and the other one says, yeah, me sure. It's subtle, it comes and it goes, and I'm sure a lot of people didn't even notice it. In my research, what little I did, I couldn't even find anything about it. That's garbage. It ranks right up there with... Uh, Unless you're just hearing it that way. No, they say it. It's And then there's uh, Chewbacca's Tarzan yell. Chewbacca's Tarzan yell is stupid. Really? Does this need to be in the movie? You're gonna... So then they go back in episode three, and they make one of the Wookiees do the Tarzan yell while putting that detonator on. On the snail. The snail, snail tank. tank. yeah. Just to justify it. Get no, don't here. justify it. Just stop doing it. Don't do it. Remove it. It doesn't matter. I don't oh, like it. Interesting thought, too. Going back to Kashyyyk on episode three, I just like to say that everything on <laughs> Kashyyyk was completely useless and didn't need to be in the movie, but was only there to have a new action piece. It was all right, though. It was pretty cool, but <laughs> it, it, it really cool. didn't add anything. <laughs> 
Um, the the rebellion finally has aliens. That's that's Yay. fun. Yay! I'm happy. Mon Mothma's <laughs> happy. Um, the emperor in this is pretty awesome because this is really the first time you get to see him on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking at it from the perspective of yeah when they were released yeah and he was sassy he was very sassy he's great sassy mm-hmm. i mean i can definitely see why they wanted to have more of him in like the prequels anyway luke is a dumb haircut <laughs> luke is a dumb haircut uh, i did like that yeah. he built his own lightsaber yeah that's cool and it looks like obi-wan's yeah. lightsaber that was cool yeah i like the green blade i get there's a technical reason I... for that hate the green blade what i don't like green lightsabers why i just i it could be that i just have never liked return of the jedi so i always just kind of attribute return of the jedi to green lightsaber and green lightsaber bad but there's just Uh, something about a green lightsaber that just really throws me off i like it i don't know Uh, i don't at all because because it wasn't like it wasn't the one he had before that's why I looked at it. It was it was all his. It was Luke's. Obi Wan had a blue one. The one he received from Obi Wan that was his father's was blue. Now he's got a green one. It was I don't know. I liked it. He should have made a yellow one. That would have been quirky and different. How about a purple one? Check his robes for lint. You know that's what Samuel L. Jackson said about having a purple lightsaber, right? Really? That's yeah. Because he thought <laughs> I can't believe this is so dumb. <laughs> he thought Mace Windu would be like a cool guy and want to check his robes for lint. So he just uses a lightsaber? I like... think it was a joke, but it's so dumb. I also like how Samuel Jackson was like, make me the coolest lightsaber you can. And he and he's like, make it purple, because it was originally going to be blue. He's like, no, I want it to be purple and make it as cool looking as possible. So if you look up his lightsaber, it looks super cool. I don't know, I've seen it, it's okay. I like it. <laughs> This lightsaber duel totally kicks all the butt. Mm-hmm. It's great. The dialogue is great. I like how it cuts back to what's happening on Endor, what's happening in space, and their personal conflict. There's all these, like, three things are in motion, and two of them need cohesion. One thing needs to happen. They need to shut down those shields, otherwise the fleet can't attack. And then you have this, like, other battle going inside between Darth Vader and Luke. Yeah, I, I like it. Does it does juggle all that very well? It shouldn't work as good as it does. I think the one of the problems I have with that aspect is I must feel like the stuff on the ground on Endor wasn't as important. And it let's, takes more time. Let's yeah, like let's say Han and Leia died. Oh no! But the Empire's still done. You know, if the space battle had failed, then then the Death Star would still be there and the Empire would be victorious. If you know, Luke hadn't defeated Vader and thereby defeated Sidious, they could have survived and then the Empire would continue. It just, I just feel like the ground battle didn't have as much impact and then they still spent time on it. I think it was just cheaper to do. Yeah, not to say it wasn't enjoyable. I do, I don't mind it. It's super cool. Yeah, I like the ATSTs. I do like some of the, how, I do like some of the ways that the Ewoks take out the ATSTs. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, You know what I mean though? Like, the space battle, there's more stakes involved. Yeah, there uh, is. After, after the, the deflector shield is blown up. Before the deflector shield is blown up, totally fine. High stakes. It has to be done. After. Yeah, and that space battle is so cool, too. Space battle is super awesome. Oh, it's so much fun. 
I had that poster where the Millennium Falcon's flying away, like after they found out the deflector shield was still on, mm-hmm. and they're flying away from the Death Star. Yeah. And then there's like the Millennium Falcon and all those ships. It's, it was like the most complicated effect shot mm-hmm. ever done a- at the time. Yeah. Because there's so many ships. I think there was like, I don't know, what did they say? Like over 60 elements. I don't know. In one shot, just for like a half second or whatever it is. Yeah, that was so cool though. Yeah, all the TIE interceptors are flying in. Well, I did say that, like, a second Death Star wasn't necessary, it does look cool. Oh, it's under construction, but then they still have, like, the super laser Mm -hmm. activated, Mm -hmm. and they weren't counting on that, and the Rebels are like, oh no, oh, we're gonna die. Because it just takes out the capital ship, just boom. The Liberty, yeah. That's the name of the ship that blew up. Liberty. Yeah, I I do like the duel with um, Darth Vader and Luke. There's a lot going on there. I don't know, personally, because when I was younger, like I didn't grow up knowing my dad either. <laughs> so there was like a weird connection I had with Luke. Like I de- identified with that. I have two. With my daddy issues. Yeah, and I have a weird, I have two nitpicks, but one is have to do with Luke and Vader. Okay. Um, When Luke and Vader meet, remember the last time where we left him on Cloud City, you know, Luke just got his hand chopped off and mm-hmm. just learned that he's his father. Big drama filled thing. Yeah. How do they meet in this movie? Oh, a door opens, and then they just kind of, you know, I feel like they could have been handled in a more dramatic way, and then just kind of walk up, and he's like, oh, you made a lightsaber. It's just kind of like... I like that, though. I like the whole, you have a light, you built your light, it's kind of like this appreciation. No, I like, like that, that Luke surrendered himself in order to distract that's cool. from his friends. I just feel that their meeting, the way it was even shot, even like a musical score, you know, it could have been like Luke's like looking around in the elevator or whatever. And then the doors open and like music's all like spooky and it fades up and it's just like an imposing Darth Vader, you know? So instead it's just doors open. And they... Well, I feel too though that Darth Vader at that point, like he knows it's his son. Yeah. And Luke now knows so they can have a little bit more of a conversation. Again, not saying that it's bad that they were talking with each other. I'm just saying the way that that was shot and the way that it was yeah. done, it... And even without extra materials going in, there definitely was like a era of Darth Vader wanted Luke on his side so that they could defeat the Emperor. I think that was Vader's, that was Vader's intention. Yeah, yeah, it was. Because he'd rather like not obey a crusty old dude. Yeah, he said that in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and and so he's going to be a little bit more chill with Luke this time around, I think. Like, right. I know, I know that. I'm just saying... For the, for the last time that they were with each other, when he cut off his hand, you know, they didn't leave on the brightest note. It's like getting into a giant argument with somebody, right? And then you don't see him for like a few days. When you two see each other, you're not, it's not going to be, uh, <laughs> you know, oh. All right, that's fair. I get, I yeah. understand your point now. Again, and I really fair. like the dialogue that they have about like the lightsaber, now you're a Jedi or whatever. And Yeah, okay. I still see my father in you. Fine. I do like when... Luke totally wigs out, probably dips into the dark side. Too. He does, yeah. He totally unleashes his anger yeah, on Darth Vader, and then he beats him down, and then once he notices, after he cuts off Vader's hand, mm. and he looks at his own, I love that moment, because that is definitely him realizing that he's being manipulated by the Emperor, and he's heading down the same path. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and I like that he throws his lightsaber off to the side, and is just like, no. You're not getting what you want. And I like that. I like that whole him dealing with the Emperor at that point. 
It's mm-hmm. really good. And I like Darth Vader going against his master to save his son. I don't think that allows you to be a force ghost after you murdered a bunch of children. No, it doesn't. Granted, that comes, that comes later. There's still... special training that you have to do to become a force ghost. And on top of it, like, I don't... Even episode three, not included in this, you know Darth Vader did a bunch of terrible stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like just saving your kid from your boss does not constitute being able to go to, like, space heaven mm-hmm. on this. Like, no. I don't think he's necess- I don't think he should be redeemed. I think he did a good thing. Yeah. His redemption is through Luke then. I think that's a better way to represent it rather than have him show up as a ghost at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm just as cool as these other guys who are totally good and <laughs> didn't do evil things. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, my other nitpick. <laughs> Han Solo probably was not the biggest fan of Lando when he was frozen in Carbonite. You know, backstabbing and all, and now he's probably going to die. And then they meet each other on, you know, and then they meet each other and they're like, oh, hey, Lando. Hey, that's a good point, Brennan. Yeah. I always thought that was weird because it's like, huh, okay, well, let's think about where Han Solo was when he was frozen. Probably not the biggest fan of, like, did not like Lando. And then that's just never addressed in return. They should have been like, you know, (laughs) he runs up and like, is it going to punch him in the face or something? And, you know, everyone's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, you're totally right. No. Wow. Thank you, Brennan. You've brought some really new perspective into that. I don't think you're wrong because, yeah, he should have just been like, oh, Lando, you jerk. Yeah. I like that, Brennan. I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to bring up? I guess as far as the effects and stuff, we pretty much... I mean, I guess we didn't talk about the, the Rancor, but... Rancor looks really cool. Rancor's I'm glad awesome. the special edition, good change, made the green Ooh, screen yeah. less apparent. You're right. That is a good... That's a good change. That is a good change. Music's good, as always. Do we even really need to say that? No, Music's I don't always think so. Good. It's, it's great. I love the, the battle in the throne room when it's got, like, the chanting or, like, the, the vocals behind it. A point of discussion for oh, music. Okay. Um, the ending music. Uh, why do they get rid of Yubnub? Why does he get rid of Yubnub? I like Yubnub. Yubnub's a fine. good song. And it made sense. And I was I always heard Yubnub playing the original Battlefront two. I don't know where they play it, but they play they play Yubnub on a few levels depending on what's happening. I was like, yes, this is a fun song. And then I looked into it. I'm like, oh, this is what was supposed to be playing there. Oh. I'm a I'm a true Yubnubian. Hashtag bring back Yubnub in Return of the Jedi. Heck yeah. Special special edition. Change What's wrong Yub-nub. with it? It's fun. Nothing's wrong with Yubnub. It's it's an Ewok song. They're all having fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I think stupid haircut. Um <laughs> don't like green lightsaber. Favorite scene? Favorite scene. Um, can I just say the entire space battle? In my notes it just says space battle. <laughs> yeah. All right, there you have it. <laughs> Space Battle Best. Yeah. Okay, wow. That was, that was quite the discussion. So, ooh. Ooh. Dessert time. Because yeah. now we have. We got through the lines. green peas of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> we did. It's not that. It's, it's still good. It's not the best. Now we're on dessert. Yeah, and it's not even like. I'm not going to be like, well, I'm apologetic about this, but no. I still really like Return of the Jedi. Oh no, it's still a good movie. It's still a great movie. Yeah, and, it's just when you compare it to... And I'm not trying to be nitpicky about it, because I can just sit and watch the whole thing and have a fun time from beginning to end. Just, I don't know, some things... Ugh. Mm. Still 
better than the majority of movies I've ever seen. That says a lot. That it can hold up. Now it's time. Three lies, one truth. Wikipedia edition. Brennan, you get to go first this time since I went first last time. Fair enough. I picked Bib Fortuna. Ooh, Bib Fortuna. So Brennan's going to, if in case you didn't, don't remember from earlier, Brennan's going to tell me three lies of Legends material, mm. which is not canon. Yeah. Books, comics, whatever, video games, and whatnot. And he's going to tell me one truth, and I have to guess which one it is. Yeah. Bib Fortuna, great choice. I almost picked him. Bib Fortuna is the um, albino twilight that works alongside Jabba. Weird long nail guy, tendril hair, creepy. Um, okay, number one. Bib Fortuna fathered a young Greedo and turned him into a bounty hunter. <laughs> Bib had an opportunity to kill Han Solo, but didn't because the Force guided his blaster away. Because it knew that and if Han survived, it would bring balance to the Force. That's tempting. You're messing with me now. <laughs> this is getting good. <laughs> Bib survived the barge exploding through a secret smaller skiff that was attached to it. Ooh. But he was injured, and his brain had to be put into a spider droid to save his life. Oh, like the weird monks in Jabba's palace? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bib knew basic, but didn't speak it, so that translator droids would be the ones punished if Jabba was unhappy. So mm-hmm. he spoke basic the entire time, but he just wanted droids to do it because, you know, like Jabba's always smacking 3PO? Yeah. He didn't want that. Okay. I'm going to go with three, where he gets his brain put in the spider droid. Why are you choosing that one? Huh? Why? Because that's the dumbest one of the whole bunch, that he escaped through a, a skiff. It's true. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that thing literally just blows up everywhere. Yeah. You can't tell me that, like, he's, oh, Crap, this is gonna blow up. Let me just hop in an escape skiff quick. Like a little Toot toots away. Just like a little tugboat. Those were all good though. I also um the Greedo one didn't get me. I I thought maybe the second one too though. Oh, the um the one where he was gonna kill Han Solo, but then <laughs> yeah. the force guided his blaster away. That is something dumb enough that would be in Legends. Legends always use the force in really dumb ways. It did. Wow, those were really good, Brennan. Thank you. I like those. That was fun. I'm almost sad that I got it right away. Yeah. Okay, I did mine on Lobot. Lobot was the bald guy on Cloud City who had all like the the computer system, whatever, wrapped around his head. That was like Lando's assistant. Cyborg, yeah. Yeah, that's who I did mine on. My first one. Lando Calrissian assigned Lobot with the task of monitoring the whereabouts of Luke Skywalker by linking to the central computer on Cloud City. Lobot observed Luke's conflict with Darth Vader, though through the security monitor system. When Luke threw himself from the internal gas flow regulation deck, it was Lobot who activated the appropriate ducts to assist in Luke's escape. Number two, Lobot defied his internal logic systems in order to escape Cloud City after the occupation by the Empire. Knowing he would be hunted relentlessly for his knowledge of Cloud City operational computer systems, Lobot hid on Tatooine and found work at the most Isley Cantina. Number three. After Zorba the Hutt became Baron Administrator of Cloud City, 
It was retaken by the Empire. Lobot was captured by Imperials, but was rescued by a former clone trooper named X2, who was now a Jedi Knight. Number four, Lobot and his Ugnaught friend named Gars, with two Cs. Oh, yeah. I feel that's important. Of course. Developed headset control units similar to Lobot's to control a herd of Rancor in order to fend off an assault by Imperial warlords at Luke's New Jedi Academy. Oh my god. Okay, well, I know the clone one isn't real. Not that I know. I mean, I can't say I know, but I'm going to eliminate that one. My first one is good. I enjoy that one. That does seem like something that would happen. You did throw in a lot of technical words, so I think you either copied and pasted it off of Wikipedia, <laughs> or you just added that in to make it sound more real. Um, what was the second one? Um, that's where he hid, uh, Lobot went to Tatooine oh. and found work at the most likely cantina. Oh, well, I'm not the third and fourth one. The fourth and first one. Won't the rain cores? He salt on Luke's new temple. Where okay. was the new temple? It doesn't, I don't have that information. It's just at Luke's new Jedi Academy. That's all I have written down. I'm gonna say... I'm going to say it was the first one. <laughs> We're a little bit. Yeah. Open up the ducks. You are wrong. That okay. one is a lie. Okay. Um, what was the one with the hut? Uh, that's the third one. Zorba the hut became Baron Administrator Cloud City. Um, and then Lobot was captured, but was rescued by the former clone trooper. Oh, X2, okay. Yeah. Okay. Who's so, a Jedi <laughs> Knight. I'm going to say it's the fourth one with the Rancor. That is also a lie. Is it the Clone Trooper one? It is. <laughs> no way. Yes. No, what? I had to do that one because I didn't think you would pick it because it is so ridiculous. No way. Yes. That happens somewhere in Legends what? material. What? <laughs> is that not the worst? Oh my god. That blew my mind. That one I thought for sure. I just Clone Trooper, really? A Clone Trooper? It was trooper. a former Clone Trooper in the name X2. And then now as a Jedi, I was like, that sounds so made up. Brennan's going to think I made that one up. That's, that's, that is peak. That is the point of this game. That might be. I don't know if we're going to top that one. Because that is so stupid. That is so dumb. Man, I cannot wait until our final round because that one's probably going to get super stupid what are we gonna do for our final round i feel like there isn't that much for the sequel era oh there's gonna be stuff out there but there isn't any legends no there's not legends material but the new material is just gonna be as dumb i suppose but listen if we run into if we run into a problem with it we'll just make a best of or something okay we'll figure it out yeah yeah um another thing too is hey dongles out there listening do you feel like you haven't really been a participant in this fun after event that we've been partaking in? Feel free to write your own in. Maybe we can try to guess yours. Yeah, that would be fun. I would really enjoy that. We'll do it honestly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We won't look it up unless we accidentally research one of the characters that you pick. But yeah, we'd love to hear some fake Wikipedia. That would be fun. So you can write in at corruptedyouthpod@gmail.com. Also write in if you have any uh, thoughts or comments or anything you'd like to share. But yeah, this has been fun so far. I've yeah. really been enjoying this. Um, Sequel trilogy probably won't be fun. Spoiler alert. Not as fun. But there'll definitely be a lot to there's talk more, about. There's 
more to talk about. There's more to talk about for sure. For better or worse. For both. At least the prequels are haha bad. Sequel trilogies bad. Yeah, I'm really curious as to how this is all going to play out in regards to the ranking of them all. Like best to worst, worst to best, however we decide to do it. But yeah, the ranking is going to be interesting. Oh, I'm going to have to write it all out. It's going to be a challenge. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, because we've already seen The Rise of Skywalker at this point. And we're not going to tell you what we think until the next episode. I think that concludes this round of our Life Day Bonanza. Yep. Thank you, Dongles, for listening. We already gave you the email and where to write in. Yeah. You can listen to us at our new home. Podbean. Podbean. Gotta love it. Yeah, we're there at the Podbean. We're also available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I just found out also the Google Play. Really? On there. Thanks you don't even know? They just put it on? Yeah, huh. they just put it on there. Okay, well. Thanks for letting us know about that, Pete, from Good Beer, Bad Movie Night. And also a huge thanks to our fellow podcasters for helping support the show. Hang in there, dongles.